Welcome to the Illinois Soy Podcast. Enjoy. Today, I'm speaking with Cody Pettit, a 2020 CCA soy envoy and a field agronomist for the Pioneer brand with Corteva AgriScience. Pettit covers East Central Illinois and has a passion for understanding new practices and farm solutions. He's a graduate of the University of Illinois with a bachelor's degree in crop science, and he's here to join us today on the show. Cody, welcome and thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Now, Cody, with your job with Pioneer, you're based in the Bloomington area. So what have you been seeing uh, in the sweeping fields? How does the crop look down there around you? They look pretty good. It took a while to get them uh, to get them started there in June. Uh, we had some early planted stuff and uh, pretty much three windows: some early, mid, and then late planted stuff. But everything's going going well now, and and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Things look look like they could be uh, could come out very well for us at harvest time. It's great. I'm really glad to hear that the soybeans are doing well, that they're looking promising. As we close out July here and move into August, I know that a lot of soybean growers and agronomists like yourself will be closely monitoring pod fill. Uh, so today on the podcast, let's take a closer look at that and see what um, that seed fill process looks like and factors that could have an impact um, coming up in the, in the next few weeks. So first, can you break down what that seed fill process looks like from the beginning of the reproductive stage through the end for um, our listeners here today? Sure. Yeah. So when you're uh, getting into your reproductive stages, uh, they're labeled just like they are on the uh, vegetative side of things. So you have R1 through R8. Um, your R1 through R2 is when you're developing the blooms. Uh, these are the flowers that are going to self-pollinate and then turn into the pods that will us develop the seeds. R3 through R4 is developing the pods. Um, during this stage, the blooms have already pollinated and the pod will start to elongate out of those blooms uh, at the upper four nodes. And that's where you get your staging from, which we can get into later. Um, and then R5 through R6 is filling the pods. Uh, during this growth stage, the pods are deciding how many total beans there will be per plant. Uh, then getting into the R7 and R8, is the start of the maturity and then R8 is full maturity. Great. I, there's a lot of numbers there, R1, R, R2, R4. Uh, how do you determine when you're looking at a soybean plant in the field, which reproductive growth stage you're in? For sure. Yeah. So um, like I said, when I started talk, talking about the upper four nodes, that's, that's where you're going to go to when you're looking at reproductive stages. So um, it's, your R1, your first stage is, is pretty much the easiest. Anytime you see, you're gonna see a purple or white flower. Uh, at any uh, point on that main stem, that is R1, that is beginning bloom. Then full bloom, R2, would be an open flower at any one of the two uppermost nodes of that plant with a fully developed leaf. Then you, this is where you start looking at the top four nodes. And from here on out, that's how you gauge your reproductive stage. R3 is a pod with, that is three sixteenths of an inch long in any one of those four uppermost nodes. A full pod, which is usually five to 10 days later, uh, 
is a three quarter inch long pod at any one of those four uppermost nodes. And then we move into uh, seed fill, which is R5. And that is the beginning seed. That is a seed that is one eighth of an inch long in a pod at one of the four uppermost nodes. And then full seed is when you open up that pod and you find a green seed that has filled the pod cavity again up in those four uppermost nodes and that is R6 and then beginning maturity at R7 which is any one of those um, those any any one of the pods on the main stem has reached mature color so it's a it's a it is not a green color it's either either a tawny or a um, a gray pubescence color and then R8 full maturity is 95% of those pods have reached that color on the main stem. So as we you know start to have the seed fill um, at the beginning of R5 I know that focus starts to shift towards protecting that seed fill right um, as we move into those later parts of the reproductive stages, there are several things that can impact um, your grain fill and ultimately yield potential, um, not the least of which is insect pests. Uh, there have been reports this year of green and brown stink bug damage in southern and central Illinois. So how can pests such as stink bugs impact grain fill in soybeans? Yeah, so uh, stink bugs, usually in Illinois, we're going to see the green and brown stink bugs. There's also uh, cases of the brown marmorated stink bug. Um, but anyways, we're going to see usually one to five generations each year, just depending on what kind of season we have. So usually they complete their life cycle within um, two to three months. So we are always going to have a, a stink bug population at at grain fill, at pod fill. Um, so adults and nymphs, um, adults actually overwinter and then they will lay eggs in that, that soybean field. Uh, then when the uh, nymphs hatch, usually one to three days after uh, the eggs are laid, uh, they will begin feeding uh, on the pods as well as stems and, and the foliage and, and the blooms as well. But the pods is a big thing to watch out for because they are uh, piercing, sucking, um, insect, which means that uh, they're going to go after that seed, and that's where the most econo economical damage is going to come from. So they can, uh, seeds can become shriveled, dried, deformed, um, undersized, and the plant will eventually abort them. Uh, and you can see this, the pods will actually look flattened as if um, there's nothing inside of them because there isn't. So um, it's pretty easy to tell if there's a lot of damage out there in the field. But uh, uh, yes, and this can this can also delay maturity and cause some harvest issues with with green stem. Is there anything soybean farmers can do if they notice that they have those flat shriveled um, pods due to stink bugs? Yeah, if you can catch it early enough. Um, getting out there and getting an insecticide over the top of that is, is best case scenario. Um, like I said, if you catch it early enough, that's, that's the key word there because um, once it's too late, uh, a lot of, a lot of damage can be had, but, um, but yeah, you just want to make sure you're monitoring the monitoring those fields. And um, so you can catch it early and, and make sure you uh, don't have a worse problem than you already have. If you see them out there. 
Excellent. Another soybean pest that people are probably familiar with here in Illinois is the bean leaf beetle. Um, what type of damage does that cost to a soybean plant and producers? How can they help manage that issue? Yep. So again, in Illinois, we're going to see two generations a year. Um, in the South, you'll might see three in the North. You're going to only see one, uh, the farther North you get. So, and but we're at that uh, that point. We're in the second generation of the bean leaf beetle, and you know the adults overwinter in the debris. They uh, they two lay eggs, and uh, now we're seeing the second generation start to feed on those pods, and and uh, they can cause some pretty severe damage early on. But usually, it's nothing that's too economical because the soybean plant can take on a lot of defoliation during those vegetative stages. But um, getting to the point of reproductive stages, uh, we want to keep all that we can get. And um, outside of them just feeding on the pods, they can also transfer a virus uh, that's called the bean pod model virus early on. And that can reduce yields as well as seed quality. Uh, We can cause discoloration, uh, seed modeling on the actual seed and leaf distortion. So outside of them, just feeding on the, on the pods, they can also transfer a virus, which is, which is twofold. So, um, and again, with those, as far as a management practice, um, you just want to make sure you're out there scouting. And, and if you do start to see them, uh, get a, get an insecticide out there because you can also help prevent um, issues next year too. If you are reducing that population that will go into overwintering stages that will um, be flying around in your fields again next year. Yeah, I think that's an important thing to note on the bean leaf beetle is uh, making sure that you're not just thinking about this year, but also what could happen next year since they do overwinter like that. All right. Moving away from insect pests now and on to uh, foliar diseases um, that can affect soybeans during grain fill. How does disease impact that fill? Um, And when is it recommended to spray a fungicide uh, to control disease? Yeah, so big picture, um, easiest thing to look at as far as growth stage is R3 to R4 to spray your fungicide. So that's best case scenario, when you're getting, like I said, R3 is that uh, that beginning pod uh, where we start to produce those pods uh, on the four uppermost nodes. So you know the lower nodes are going to have a pod on there. That's it's a it's a it's a point at where we have the most nodes we're going to get per plant, as well as protecting that plant as early as we can because we don't want to wait too long because then the fungicide will be would be less effective. Um, and as well as a putting out an insecticide too. So um, usually growers put an insecticide in with their fungicide um, and you want to just get that out there as early as you can. So um, the biggest thing though, foliar fo- or foliar diseases that we'd look at are uh, like your Asian rust or your frog eye leaf spot. Um, and this along with, and with a stem rod or, or um, any type of disease that you could get outside of foliar, um, it's just going to reduce the surface area that you have per plant to photosynthesize and make sugars. So uh, it's just going to reduce the potential yield that you could possibly get by reducing the amount of sunlight that that plant can grab because 
these lesions are taking over, uh, the, the leaves are becoming necrotic and then the tissue dies and they're essentially ineffective. Speaking of sunlight, uh, one of the, the factors that farmers probably have less control over is the weather. Um, so we've discussed insects and diseases, but how does weather impact grain fill? Sure. Yeah. So weather goes hand in hand with, like I said, the, the what we talked about already, the yeah, insects, the diseases. Um, and then uh, but the big key thing is sunlight. One of the biggest things over these past couple of years is growers planting soybeans earlier and earlier. There's even been growers who have went out and uh, bought separate planters to so start planting soybeans at the same time that they're planting corn, because we have found that we know the more sunlight, the better. So the, <clears throat> excuse me, the earliest you can get out there and get that soybean capturing sunlight, um, the more you're gonna photosynthesize, the more sugars, um, the better off you're going to be. And it works twofold because you're going to miss a lot of, potentially miss a lot of the large populations of the bean leaf beetle early on. And um, you tend not to see as much uh, pressure um, getting into those later growth stages if you have planted early. So, but like I said, um, sunlight is key. And that's, that's just one thing that we can't reiterate enough to get out there and, and get stuff in early um, just to capture that, that sunlight. In addition to sunlight, I think there's probably another thing that farmers are also looking for uh, out of the weather. And the old adage is that August rains make grain. So is there any truth to that statement? Uh, what's, what's your take on that? It sure is. Yeah. They're, uh, so we know with a lot of like indeterminate soybeans, uh, they will keep putting on flowers as they get into their later growth stages. So we're getting into that. Um, if when we're getting into that R4, R5 growth stage, usually the flower production is halted and, uh, but, it, but flower production can happen all the way up until R5. So a lot of times what you'll see, um, for instance, this year, uh, we had kind of that dry spell in June, uh, so if you do look at the lower canopy, you might not see as many pods per node just because that soybean was going through a stressful time during during that time, the early growth. But then now that we're getting into some uh, closer to August, a few days away, um, we get some rains in August and that plant, as long as we're not to our five stage yet, that plant can really put on some added growth there. And you can almost see it. It looks like a plant stacked on another plant. If you get out there and look into the field, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. And that can add uh, quite a few bushels uh, to your crop. And I, I saw this a lot last year when we got those late season, late season rains. So yeah, definitely uh, that is a, a true statement. So and, uh, like I said, yeah, a lot of guys prayed for that and, and, and hope that, uh, they get it. And outside of it, just adding on extra pods, I mean, it does help fill the original pods that we have. So it just kind of, it's its last one little push to, to make sure that we get enough moisture and nutrients and, um, and set those pods right. Well, that's all the time that we have today, Cody. Thanks for joining the podcast and sharing your thoughts with us. Okay. Thanks, Jill. Appreciate it. Again, that was Cody Pettit, 2020 CCA Soy Envoy, talking about soybean grain fill.
If you're interested in this topic or any other soybean agronomic resource, you can visit www.ilsoyadvisor.com to learn more. That's ilsoyadvisor.com. This has been an Ilsoy Advisor podcast. Thanks for tuning in.